Welcome to the Bringing Intimacy Back Show, where intimacy is real. If you desire to intimately connect with yourself, your significant other, children, family, friends, community, and your higher power, this show is for you. Thus, we explore intimate topics, inspiring life stories, spirituality, and insightful tips on strengthening relationships. This show is hosted by Dr. April and her co-host, Dr. Kelly. Now let's get this episode of the Bringing Intimacy Back Show started because we share with you the secret power to intimacy to create a life you love or love the life you create. Now here's your host, Dr. April and co-host, Dr. Kelly. Welcome to the Bringing Intimacy Back Show where intimacy is real. Well, hey, Dr. Kelly, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm on vacation. Oh, awesome. Where are you on vacation at? I would rather not say. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, last week we talked about um, long distance relationship. We talked about, you know, long. So this year, this week, that's what we're going to talk about. Big things. In small packages. <laughs> exactly. Yes, indeed. Yes. Can't yes. wait. <laughs> yes. Yes. So what do you kind of, what do you kind of things, uh, big things that come in small packages? Uh, diamonds. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, what other things can you think of that just, mm. Mm. uh, well, you know, I've always been uh, told, they always said, cause I I'm five foot tall. If I I'm four eleven and a half, but I met, I round up, you know? Right. And, uh, so I've always been told that I was, uh, little stick of dynamite so that's a small thing in a you know big package dynamite (laughs) you know but now we get to see what what it really is because uh today we're looking at it from a different angle and and speaking about dwarfism and so I'm really we're gonna get the real scoop on it today yes definitely and so who we have is someone who is an expert um in the field, in the sense of what he does, yes. And just, uh, um, this also is the month of love, which I love February. So we want to welcome Christoph. Welcome, Christoph. Hey, thank you so much for having me on the show, Dr. April and Dr. Dr. Kelly. This is, uh, this is a pleasure. Thank you. Yes, yes. And so, um, Christoph, I know we said the topic is big things in small packages. Yes. Can you tell us exactly what's so besides your personality, what's so big about you? Because you are so amazing. Oh, uh, wow. Um, thank you. I, yeah, I, I guess my personality is big. I, um, I don't know. Oh, he's being too humble. I can no, tell you well, a couple things. No, there's, there's so many things that run through my skull that when you, when you say that, because it's, it's, it's kind of in my whole life that everything has been big since I was a baby and that I was presented to my parents, you know, there was big challenges right away because oh, the doctor wow. came in and said, Hey, uh, mother of this baby, uh, your son will never run. He'll never ride a bicycle He'll, we don't know what's wrong with him, but he's always going to have problems and he will never live a life like uh, average people do. And so instantly, you know, how do you, how do you meet that? You either meet that in a, you know, a lying down and just like a complacent way, or do you meet that with a big challenge with a big response? And that's what my family did. That's what my parents did. And, you know, that's what I learned is, you know, when you have to have doctor's visits every single year and you have to have multiple reconstructive skeletal surgeries you have to show up you have to meet those head on and i think that automatically makes you or whoever is dealing with that it heightens everything it it makes you more responsive it makes you more thoughtful it makes you more precise it makes you contemplative like the the months that i spent in a body cast, you know, three months over the summer, twice in my life, it's like a three month meditation of sorts. You know, it's, it's, you realize that you can be constrained and you can be, you know, completely bedridden or, you know, reliant on a wheelchair and reliant on other people. There's no way I would have survived if other people didn't come into my life. And so you have, there are just so many different things that you learn and that's all big that's really big you know the the medical stuff and the social stuff 
And, you know, that's one huge brush stroke telling you these, these, these things, but that's really what it is. And then my parents also, you know, they never, I was never coddled. I was never, you know, made to feel small. I was never told that there were things that I couldn't do. I was, I was told that there were things that were going to be more difficult. And if I want to reach a shelf in the kitchen, I'm going to need a darn step stool. Come on people. Like I'm not, although I probably jumped on the counter more than using the step stool. Like it's, it just takes too much time when you're a kid, but um, yeah. So, and, and that's not just me, you know, I have a show about dwarfism and everybody that I interview who has some type of dwarfism or they're affected by some type of dwarfism. It's a similar story. They all have to overcome and, and bridge the gap and find ways to, help other people understand and help themselves understand and accommodate their own lives. One thing that I like to say on my show is that little people, people with dwarfism have to grow up before everybody else. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You're faced with yeah. a lot. How old, how old were you during your first surgery where uh, you were in a full body cast? First surgery was at six years old. Second uh, full body cast surgery was at 16. And then I had a spinal fusion at 17 years old. Wow. So right in the height of puberty when well, everybody else is. Yeah. Yeah. With, well, that, that was the goal too, because there were uh, specific things that needed to be corrected when I was six. And, and then they have to wait until after puberty. Um, once the bone, once the growth plates are done um, to correct the spine and correct the legs. What's your podcast called? It's called I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> I read your bio and I think that you, you are one you're on Twin Peaks season three. I'm on season three of Twin Peaks. Yeah. I'm, yeah, a, I'm yeah. a brutal. Are you a fan of Twin Peaks? I am. I what? don't, don't get me into the plot too much. We have so much to talk about. Don't distract <laughs> me. And I don't want any spoilers because I'm what? not done with season three. How far into season three are you? Have you seen me yet? Uh, yes. What? I can't. You saw me once. So what? Uh, uh, what you, uh, we'll what? talk. <laughs> Listen, I can't. I, I don't want a spoiler alert because a lot of people are going to watch the entire season. And yeah. uh, all you I have to wa- say is quite a cast. Give me you, a head. Give me a heads up. A heads up on on me in the uh, show. Well, how'd you get into Twin Peaks? That's what I'm curious about. Um. Well, I'm I'm an actor. I've, I've worked as an actor in Hollywood for over ten years, and I submitted for a role. On my own. It wasn't even something that my agent got for me. I submitted myself. I'm a, I'm a scrappy, you know, guy in Hollywood and I go for stuff when I see it. And I got a call back and they said, we're going to hire you for this. And I said, what? Wow. <laughs> and, uh, and I booked the role and yeah, booked a character and I'm in four episodes of Twin Peaks. So, and uh, if you haven't seen my character, I one word that you might describe it is uh, brutal. Yeah, Ooh. pretty cool. You are the villain. I am. I'm. I'm a messy character. That's for sure. <laughs> I got some. I got some messed up parts to my my whole constitution in that show. But yeah. I like. That's one thing that was so cool. So if you want to like hear about this for a quick second, uh, that's one thing I talk about on my show is little people in entertainment so many people so many of us are we're put in makeup tons of prosthetics i've had just i've been in the in the chair for three and a half hours you know messed up teeth nose ears horns all these like playing a demon and stuff my role on twin peaks was the least amount of makeup outside of the prosthetic teeth that make me look like i'm a meth head but um that was the least amount of makeup and i got to do I got to play this super violent character on a show with David Lynch and getting to play that kind of character at all is, I think it's really cool. Like, I think it's fun to play somebody that's absolutely repulsive and terrible, you know, cause you can't be that in real life. And right. I don't want to be that in real life. Like I'm not like the spike, but um, David saw like want that, wanted people to see my eyes and my face and you know my head and my body and stuff and i i'm i'm beyond over the moon like it it was such an experience getting to work with that cast i'm now pals with the cast like i'm very fortunate i'm very lucky and i i had so much fun on that show 
Yes, yeah. yeah. And, wow. and I've seen that you've done a whole lot of other different things too. Yeah, been on Jimmy Kimmel live. Yep, I've been on Jimmy Kimmel a number of times, mostly in costume on Jimmy Kimmel, um, mostly in a lot of foam. I've played drums on the show, though. I played drums with uh, Cleto and the Cletones, um, the house band. Wow. So you've got such a diversity of things, of talents that you do. Yeah, I'm kind of... Uh, I'm all I'm all over the place. You could say that. Like I, I've I played I toured in a rock band for six years, and I've been a TV producer for local television studios in Michigan, and I've been an actor and a stuntman in Hollywood. Um, I'm a photographer, and I'm most obsessed with surfing. I actually won a a, a disabled division of a um, surfing competition in 2019, and yeah, I. I have hobbies and interests and I do a lot of them. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, you didn't like buy into this, like this lie that, you know, that, well, not, not that the parents, uh, the doctors lied the day that you were born, but they had to communicate to your parents, Hey, this is, you know, he will never live a normal life. And you know what? They nailed it. You are not living a normal life. No. Right. Right. I think Christoph, you have that belief. You either go home or go big. And you just go big with everything with life. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I, um, it doesn't always feel that way, but I, you know, when you look back, when I look back and I see the, the, like the things on paper, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I've done some stuff. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? There's always something else. There's always more that you have to keep pushing. And I mean, both of you understand that you're in the podcasting world and it's, if you don't keep pushing and you keep creating and you keep stagnation does not serve anyone or any, anything in a good way. And so I like to keep moving as much as I can. I I just have to say it. I saw some of your pictures, your images, you have like a six pack. (laughs) <laughs> so you are i'm just saying it you know okay yes yes you Dude, your six pack is like ripped yeah. so what's that from doing stunts or surfing or what oh, i don't man. want a six um, pack mind you but man I, did you see that picture dr april no no i wish you we had, had to google it, it. Okay, I have to Google it. We're going to get into his dating life soon. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's but what's up with that ripness? How do you get so, so cut? Oh, man. I, there are a couple things. I, I make a comment that it, maybe it's kind of self-deprecating, but like I have a smaller body, so it's probably easier to build muscle and have it look more defined on a smaller body. Also, for some reason, you two are doctors. You can tell me why I did this maybe, but like for two years in junior high, I would work out in my room for an hour before bed every single night. I don't, I would work out and then I'd hop into bed and go to sleep. I don't know why I did that. I just did that. Junior and I, high, two words. We <laughs> all had to do it. It I was get, horrid. Yes. Yes. I did it for fun. I would do an, it for fun. Oh, every single night in my bedroom for an hour, I would work out yeah. before well, that- bed. I don't know why. And so I think maybe I just built a foundation, but you know, also I, I walk every day. I do yoga. I go surfing. Like if I'm not moving my body, I've read something recently about how exercise is so much more mental than people actually realize and and keeping up your mental fitness is tied so much to your physical fitness and i feel that like i don't want to just rest and just be be slow and and also being out in nature just feeds me i get i get a lot from going in the ocean i've always been into water um, you know, I was swimming at a very early age and being from Michigan, you know, this, like there are lakes and beauty everywhere and you want to go and play in the lakes when you're a kid or even an adult in, in Michigan. And so that's what I did. My family was really all about the water. And I, like I said, I'm hopelessly obsessed with surfing and that's, that's what I'm, if I'm not thinking about anything else, I'm, I'm thinking about surfing. Yeah. Well, good stuff. It's so good that you work out and stuff. Cause it's really good for the heart. And here on this show, we also um, talk about a charitable organization. And since this is the month of February, which is about love, we're talking about heart. And one of the biggest um, heart organizations that's really, really great is the American Heart Association, which does a lot because, as you know, 
the heart holds everything, you know? And so they do $2 million of life-saving research and they do hands-on training for CPR. So for all our listeners out there, um, the Bringing Intimacy Back show is hoping that you get involved with the American Heart Association. And you can go to www.heart.org on way to give. So but we're going to take a small break. But in that break, when we come back, we are going to go deep and figure out about this whole six pack and how that really, you know, turned the ladies on because good oh <laughs> <laughs> stuff. Zajak, um, how do you say your name again? So I make sure people are saying it right. Christoph Zajak Denick. He is single guy, girls. And and I want to give the call-in number for listeners. It's 888-627-6008. If you have a question for Christoph. Or an interest. Or a love interest, too. We're going to get the skinny on this right right up. Yes. We'll go to a break now. Are you wanting a vacation in paradise? A vacation to rekindle the passion. A vacation without the kids. A vacation where you can learn how to communicate, where you and your partner actually hear each other and gain insight. If so, Vacation Counseling is your next vacation. Dr. April Brown has created Vacation Counseling in Southwest Florida as a perfect option for you and your partner. Our retreats are one couple at a time. We have a variety of packages available to choose from, including virtual couples retreats. If you and your partner are interested in the vacation counseling, please visit us at vacationcounseling.com for more information on pricing and packages. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. To keep track of the latest news, stories, activities, or coupons on vacation counseling and Dr. April's other services, we encourage you to sign up to receive a monthly newsletter called Intimate Connections at draprilbrown.com. Remember, if you and your partner are struggling with communication and intimacy, and you all are looking for a retreat to connect, Vacation Counseling can be your next vacation in Southwest Florida. Welcome back to the Bringing Intimacy Show, where intimacy is real. And today we've been talking about big things and small packages. And um, today we have our special guest, Christoph, say Jack Dinnick. And Christoph, even though we talked about his apps and he has what, <laughs> a six pack, which is fabulous. Um, this show is also about intimacy. And if you think that is fabulous, guys, what about his heart? Yeah. His heart is just amazing. He's humble. He's humble. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, it's a good man. He's humble and attractive and stuff. So Christoph- There is one flaw, though. Well, what's the flaw? He went to Michigan uh, State University instead of University of Michigan. That's okay. the only flaw, ladies. You know, I- He's a Spartan. Oh, gosh. I, uh, this is going to get me in so much trouble. Well, I don't pay attention. I, again, I, I'm so bad at paying attention to sports. Um, and so- I just would kind of go in college just to like go for the community and go because my friends were going and probably for the tailgating as well. But I don't know. Like I love Ann Arbor. Like, come on, Ann Arbor. You got Zingerman's. You have amazing. Did you go to, did you go to U of M? Dr. No, I'm just giving you a hard time. Oh, because <laughs> <laughs> you're well, so humble. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm open to, I'm open to dating someone from Ohio state even. So what, oh does, my that, God. what, what oh. does that, what does that say about me? That <laughs> says that you are uh, ready to date ladies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, He's ready yeah. to date. Let's yeah. talk. Yes, let's talk. So Christoph, what is intimacy to you? Um, intimacy is a closeness and wanting to understand um, uh, what makes somebody work, what makes them tick. And also I think it's at the same time, I believe it's space too, because I think in as much that you can get from somebody from being together, I like, I'm, I'm a person that also, I, I like to be together, but I also really appreciate the space to do my own thing. And I think having somebody else that, that I'm interested in who takes the time to do their own things as well. And to have that 
space. I think honoring both of those is really important. Okay. Yeah. Have you had any um, challenges? I know we all have had in, in dating. No challenges. I am like, oh. it's, it's been perfect. Oh. So perfect. No, of course. Yeah. I'm single, like failed relationships all over the place. Come on now. I got challenges. No, sure. but I mean, yeah, it's not fail, but you know, it's a journey. It's a journey. Oh. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm currently not in a relationship. You know, COVID is pretty difficult to get, um, to, to find partners. And also it's, I think also being in Los Angeles, it's, oh. it's tough. There's a lot of, yes. uh, there are a lot of carrots dangling all over the place and people get distracted pretty easily on top of social media. And so I think it's, it's just been, it's tough for me. And it's also tough, I think, for, you know, people that I'm interested in to kind of maintain a connection and maintain the interest and actually pique the interest. And And I've had, um, you know, being little, it's a whole nother thing. You know, there's a whole level of acceptance. Like you can kind of clear out 80% of the potentials because there are so many people out there that just want a guy who is bigger than them physically. Like that's number one, or that's, that's a non-negotiable, you know, that's something that I've had that experience with, with women where I've gotten together with them and, you know, we've spent a couple months together and then they say, yeah, actually, if this is going to be serious, like, I actually want somebody, I want to uh, be the one that's feeling small and I don't feel small with you. Like it's, I can't wow. do that. They should, tell you, they should actually tell you that on the first day. Uh, it's I not mean, like you're hiding it. I know. Right. I know. Exactly. Like, you know, no. yeah. tell me who those people are. We can, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. well that's, yeah, I know. Um, and, and those situations, they, it's a thing. It's a regular thing for, um, for a lot of women, I, I've, so I've found it's, it's tough to find women that don't have that preconceived, uh, you know, notion. Not all though, Chris, not all, not all. No, no, not not all. all. I dated a guy that was six foot six once and I, he was too tall for me. I was mm-hmm. like, I felt so it's, it's just, yeah. I mean, it was like dating a tree. Right? Yeah. I, I heard, cause I overheard you're five foot one on a good day, right? I'm Four eleven. How tall are you, Doctor April? I'm five two and a half. But I've dated a smaller man before, and they can yeah. do things that bigger men can't do. Oh, oh! <laughs> and Christoph this, can explain the, that. <laughs> this is this is true. Um, get the get the bleep button ready. Uh, um, <laughs> you don't have to edit yourself. We're on the bringing <laughs> intimacy back show. No, for sure. I you know there 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 are advantages to. Um, uh, being with a small, I, th- I think there are advantages to being with a small, there's there are advantages to being with, you know, a taller woman. In my case, it's um, some things are a win, win, win. And, um, you know, use your imagination and let, let it go. But um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's also been tough for me. If, if this is what you want me to share, like there's, there's also been tough for me because I've done so many unique jobs, you know, touring in a rock band, you don't consistently see the same people Um, working on movies like and TV shows. I I'll work on movies and TV shows for a day, two days, a week, two weeks, something like that. And then you don't see those people again. Like you, you can meet somebody and spark some interest and maybe go on some dates and things like that. But I've learned that, repeat encounters kind of foster better relationships and they can especially when it's when I'm quote unquote competing with people around me if if a woman that I'm interested in you know sees me on a show once or twice and you know we connect and things like that I'm competing with the guys that are on that show for 60 days where she is encountering them and you know finding out more about their personality and their humor and, you know, other things that they can be attracted to. And so I've just, I, that's, that's one of the struggles that I think I've fallen into is it's um, it's, it's people actually getting to see my personality and me, you know, winning someone over in that regard. We need to have a bachelor for you. The, you need to be the bachelor for whatever they call it. You know, they have the little people, yeah, the small show. world, big people. No, you know what? I've, I, be the bachelor, I would, dude. Yes. That would be, that would, yeah, they would, they would uh, 
they'd have to airbrush my abs so they look even better. But um, oh, and so I don't show us, show so. us now. <laughs> yes, yes, let's see. Come I've, on I've, now. Been, I've been eating. I've been eating lots of. I've been eating lots oh, of. Oh yeah, chili. <laughs> COVID twenty. Hey, I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, uh, what are some barriers to intimacy with people with dwarfism? That, what do you um, think? I, I mean, number one, it's the height. It's the it's the notion of what what your physicality looks like. I think that's that's a huge barrier because attraction initially comes from the eyes, right? So you see somebody, and and if you can imagine yourself with them like it, it's weighted right like it's is it like your what i see versus what i'm going to allow their personality to spark in me uh, i i think that's it's usually weighted more that you know when i see somebody who is bald and short and smaller i uh, i can't see myself with with that scenario and so it, like i get i've i've been put into the friend category quite a bit in, in really frustrating ways too, because there are a lot of women that I've met over my life that I, I know we would have gotten together. Like maybe it wouldn't have been forever, but I know that there's enough connection and there's enough of a spark there that, um, you know, something would have grown out of that. And, um, and that's, that's tough to stomach sometimes that's, that's hard. And that's sad. Like there's a lot of rejection, you know, there's a lot of rejection that happens and then the feedback loop of that like i'm not good enough i'm telling myself this thing i can't get a date with this person i'm too small i'm not what they're looking for oh there's another person oh this happened again oh man they think i'm too small they think like i'm not suitable for them like and and so that constant rejection um i think that that works negatively in two different ways because it makes you it, it makes you experience so much rejection that you can kind of drain yourself of confidence or self-esteem or, you know, worthiness, but also at the same time, you have to toughen up your skin mm -hmm. and that doesn't make for really sensitive, you know, uh, interactions. And so that's one thing that I know from myself, I can tell you that I've toughened up my skin to the point of pushing people away too quickly that's one fault that I have. I, I know I have that fault and I know I've done that. And I have to be really conscious about that because I don't want to push people away in these scenarios where it's like, ah, uh, I'll friend zone you first. Yeah. Right. Or right. right. Exactly. Or, you know, you're coming at me in a way that I haven't been approached before. And so I don't like that. So I reaction, I have to react now. And that's, that's not good. I realize that about myself. Changing that is really tough because everybody is completely different and their approaches are different. And so, and, and not only that, but just in general, in the wild, when a lot of, when people have seen me, it's, oh, look at that midget. Oh, why is that guy so small? Oh, what is wrong with, oh my gosh, that's so hilarious. Did, did you see him? Did you see? And so there's all oh, of this my. constant like mental judgment that we as little people we're sifting through all of that and it's 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 really tough and a lot of us have uh, i'll speak for myself i won't lump everybody else in but you know i've dealt with that in in my own worthiness and my own you know coming to myself and and finding myself and appreciating myself and that's that's a it's a process it's hard yeah and it's hard because you um to have true intimacy you have to be vulnerable and that's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. To let that out and stuff. And so how do you know when to be vulnerable? And um, when you're, are you, I know you're, you're single. So mm -hmm. are you currently dating for a lifetime partner or are you currently just dating? Playing around. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I would rather date for a lifetime partner. Like that's what I would want to, you know, I'd, I'd want to invest in that, you know, invest my time and my, my heart in, in that scenario. Okay. But you know, what are you looking you kind of have to, you kind of have to evaluate what comes along too. And man, if stuff doesn't come along that you want for very long, like you only live once. So you might as well also have fun, you know? Yes. And 
um and and i've you know those are good experiences too i think i think you can gain knowledge and experience and you learn things about other people and probably about yourself and like uh, having that as it it's it's good to have you know but yeah i don't want to I, I would rather not end up alone in 10 years. Um, I would rather be with somebody that I love and who loves me. Right. Well, Christophe, you've accomplished so much stuff. And what I think whenever you put your mind to something, you, you get it, you obtain yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. You know, that. So, right? yeah, I, I, I do know that. Thank you. And, but that's another thing. So, and I'll pose this to, to both of you to see if you think this is a thing, um, you know, with that rejection and, and that, kind of feeling lesser than a lot of well for again i'll just say me i feel like i've filled i have filled the void of having other people or having so many relationships or good or better relationships with my hobbies you know and with these interesting things that i've done like instead of saying oh yeah i'm gonna go try this dating or or, you know put myself out there in situations that might not be exactly where they are or where they measure up to what I want them to be. Oh, I'll just like get much better at drumming or I'll buy a camera and I'll go learn photography and I'll teach, or I'll just, you know, I'll go surfing five times this week instead of putting myself out there and getting, you know, to know somebody on an intimate level. And that's what I realized. I'm 41. Like, that's what I realize one thing about me. Like, I think that I've done that in my life. I think I've replaced the, the thirst for intimacy with learning hobbies and learning skills and networking and, and those types of things. Well, let's do a little work here. You're hydrating enough surfing. It's good. <laughs> it's good yeah. to have those interests. It's good to find people that um, are interested in the same things. But um, I think it's great because what you didn't do was you didn't just binge watch something on TV and you didn't yeah. just, you said, you know what, I'm going to learn something. So you be present where you're at and enjoy the things you are. And I I call it be where you are. Mm-hmm. And then you'll be where you're supposed to be and find that person. But you still haven't told us what you're attracted to and what you're looking for. Yes. Okay. And let me just say off of what, what you were going to say. And I think that's great. The surfing and all that activities. Um, you have to make sure you try to do it with groups of people because if you're just surfing by yourself all the time, you're not interacting. But if you join a surf club or something, because there's that intimacy where you're doing activities together and that yeah. right there sometimes creates other forms of intimacy. Yeah. You have two yeah. doctors like matchmaking for you, man. I know this is incredible. That's uh no, that's, that is a good suggestion. And I appreciate that because I do go by myself. If you can see in the background, I'm actually living in a cabin in the woods on the top of a mountain in Southern California at the moment by myself, which is extremely beautiful and it's amazing. And I love it, but I am so, so alone up here by myself, yeah. which, which is fine. I've been reading a ton of books. I've been, and I'll go surf. I'll, you know, the beach is an hour and a half away. So I'll go and, you know, surf, but, um, do you yeah, belong I don't, to any clubs? Any surf what's that? clubs? Do you belong to any clubs with your hobbies? Um, I belong to, uh, I, I have groups of friends that will go surfing, um, just about everyone is uh, in relationships. Or... Facebook community. Yeah, they that's have, a good idea. Or there's something else. I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> meetups. Meetups are awesome. Meetups, meetups. That's it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's, uh, man, that is a challenge. That, that seems like a huge challenge for me, but I'm up for it because I don't do, I don't do that. I, I have really great friends and I meet great people in unique ways, but to go and just hop in with a group um that's not what i normally think of so yeah thanks for suggesting that are you an introvert so apart from your size are you typically a shy person i'm not really shy no i mean uh no i mean i'll talk to i'll talk to everybody okay introverts means you get your energy from within so like i'm an introvert so i have to be by myself to refuel and then you know come out and and People take energy from me. Um, you, I'm assuming Dr. Both? Kelly is what? an extrovert. Yeah. So, so people <laughs> give her energy. Yeah. Can you, you be can both? Be. You can't be. 
Yeah. I might, I, uh, it depends on the situation because I dated somebody who was very extroverted and I felt like such an introvert next to her. Um, and, and I felt like I needed to recharge by myself and she was always recharging with other people, but there are other people that I'm around that I feel like I'm the extrovert. I might be more introverted actually. Huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you are saying that from a mountaintop. <laughs> so going back to Dr. Kelly's thing, what are you looking for? Uh, I think I knew you were going to ask me this and I tried to come up with the answer and now it's just gone from my head. Um, communication is huge, you know, uh, humor. And I think uh, similar interests, some similar interests, at least not everything, but, um, uh, and then attraction too. I'm I'm a physical person. I I want to you know feel that and reciprocate it. So what are you attracted to? I mean, is a blonde that's listening right now? Does she have a shot? I I don't know that I have a type, and I feel like I'm gonna get <laughs> I'm gonna have like uh, oh yeah, there you do have a type, my man. Um, I. I really don't feel like I, uh, I don't discriminate in that way. I, I you know, I, I would, I'm interested in like, if you're white or black or Indian or Asian, like it doesn't, mm-hmm. that stuff doesn't really matter to me. And I've, um, I mean, I have, I, ironically, I have found taller women that are just like a little bit bigger framed attractive. So that maybe that's a thing. Um, but I've also dated a little person and I really liked that we were on the same level, you know, our eyes, she was three inches taller than I am. And I thought that was really cool too. So, you know, I think it's, you know, more so than the physical, um, because I I feel like you can just kind of, it's so disposable in so many ways. And that just kind of changes um, yeah. you know, it's, it's your, I interviewed a, a, a woman on my show recently and she called your, her body, her soul suit. And I thought that was Whoa. such a lovely way to put her, you know, to describe her body because she had so many operations, but you know, mm. inside was her soul and what was who she really was. And so, you know, I come from that. I have 13 scars on my body from operations. Mm. Like if you're going to I can't judge somebody whether they have, you know, a certain bust size or certain color hair, if they're going to judge me on my scars. So it's a two way street in that, in that regard, or if, you know, I have a beard and no hair on the top of my head, which is my current situation. Uh, you know, it's that stuff to me is, um, yeah, it's, it's a little bit farther down the list, I think. Well, on a very serious note, do you remember your first kiss? Uh, I don't totally. I remember. You don't remember your first kiss? I don't think so, actually, because somebody else asked me this. And I, <laughs> I was so bad. My memory is so bad. Um, I remember a kiss in college, and I actually, I was just on another show, and I've uh, mentioned this, that, and it, it's kind of a sad story because I was drunk at a party, and there was another, there was a woman at this party who was drunk as well. And she, she's really tall and she bent down and we were talking and then we ended up making out and um, you know, it was, it was lovely. That's not the sad part of the story. I would, don't have to share the sad part, but like um, it was, I don't know. That was in college though. I really didn't, I wasn't going after girls and I had that tough skin too, because I was pushing people away and I was protecting myself. There was so much protection that had to happen so, um, you know, maybe there was something when I was like in fifth or fourth grade. I don't even, I honestly don't even remember, but like that, um, that kiss at that party in college is the first thing that really pops in. I mean, that was like the first, yeah. like real, like make out kiss. Yeah, that's, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to take a small break and then when we come back, um, people can call in and we have questions from the audience and understanding and learning more about what Christoph is looking for. If you're out there, check him out. Call in. Call in. Yeah, yeah. call in. 
If you are listening to this commercial, you have a pulse. If you have a pulse, you have stress. You may need a therapist. How do you find a therapist? Oh, you go to your phone book. Wait, what's that? Go to the World Wide Web. You type in therapist near me. And then you find a list of acronyms. LMHC, LPC, NCC. <sighs> How on earth do I understand this and navigate this? Go to drkellyboucher.com. Dr. Kelly specializes in helping people that struggle with anxiety, stress, burnout, grief, depression, compassion, fatigue, sleep issues, body image issues. You can have help today. DrKellyBoucher.com Welcome back to the Bringing Intimacy Show, where intimacy is real. So, Dr. Kelly, what questions do we have from the audience? Well, I have one right here. This is from Amy in New Jersey. She said, well, she must have been listening when we were talking about kissing. She said, would kiss it, not the first kiss, but do you remember other ones that were awkward or awesome? Um, I remember girlfriends that were, were, I had a, I had a girlfriend early on who was a great kisser and, um, I can still remember, you know, kissing her to this day. And then girlfriends later on were uh, not as good at kissing. And I remember that uh, I wish I was, uh, I wish it was them, but then I was, you know, had, they had the skills of my earlier girlfriend. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of stays with you. Like a kissing, a kiss is a very intimate, personal moment and if you're not both there on board or if you're not doing what you both like, um, it's, that's a thing for sure. I don't know. Do you think that like, this is, uh, is this an eternal question or is this a, a, a question? Like, can, can people learn to kiss better or can they learn to kiss like better for their partner? Yes, of course. It's a lot of different exercises you can, use and, and sometimes that first kiss you don't really understand your person's mouth you know and the lips and all that yeah and so you can practice and there's a lot of different tools on that that can definitely be and um actually we have a question from Lori from illinois it's kind of on the same topic she says um as a woman you know she's always used to a man um kissing them after a first date so how do you go and kiss someone when they're taller on their first date how do you go about doing that? That that is a great question. Um, yeah, that's it. Can be it can be tough, you know. If you're in the car, it's it's easier. Like I'm all about vibes and body language. Like if you can read it and you know it's there, you know, then it's it's not so difficult because there's, um, you know, there's reciprocal body language and signals. And, you know, sometimes you're, if you're holding hands, you can just kind of pull their hand down and then they come down with their hand a little bit. Uh, so that works. Um, you know, if you're on a, on a couch, it, it's, yeah, I think it's just reading this, the signs and, and, and um, going for it. But I think if anybody gets to that point with me or with anyone who's little, they already accept the fact that, Hey, I got to bend down to kiss him. Like he's not gonna, you know, he's not going to levitate up to me to kiss me. Uh, and, and I think that's just a, a, a part of the acceptance. Like when you're with me one-on-one, -on -one, it's a different, it's just a different experience. You know, it's, I, I'm smaller than most likely I'm smaller than you are. And I'm, I'm, I'm shorter. And, um, there are other things too, like to go and hug someone. These, these are questions that I've asked my guests on the show that nobody thinks about right. when they consider little people. Like, how do you like someone to hug you? Do you want them to bend down or do you want them to just pretend that at the moment you like to just be hugged like a normal person? Like it's cause that can, you can imagine that can be awkward if somebody is tall and they're a guy and it's a shorter woman. Like it can be weird if they don't bend down to, hug someone. And, um, it's, it's the same thing with, uh, when somebody 
goes bends down to speak to me or another little person eye to eye that to me is it's it's an immediate tell that is uh that's a sign that okay i see you i get you this isn't offensive that i'm squatting down to talk to you and that's like that took me by surprise the first time it happened because i was like whoa wait what are you doing what are you doing what's going on right now why are you bending down like this but then the more it happened in my life i i kind of like watched the situation play, play out and those women were the ones that were you know interested in me intimately you know uh i have another question that came in that might align with that a little bit um, this is Amy from Minnesota. And she said, do you have any, she said, you said earlier, you used the word midget. Uh, do you have any pet peeves? Um, you know, like what are some, yeah. Like what are some pet peeves? Yeah. Pet peeves for me, my biggest pet peeve is missed opportunity in life. As a person, I have a very difficult time, um, handling that because I, I, I've, I've been the recipient of so many great opportunities. And I know that if you don't grab life by the horns, you kind of, it can slip through your fingers. And that's a really tough thing to stomach, you know, whether it's a relationship or a job or an opportunity or a guest or whatever it is like that, that stuff is, is really hard. Um, and that can transfer over to, you know, being in a situation where somebody uses the word midget. When somebody yeah. uses the word midget, that's an opportunity, right? That's right. an opportunity to say, hey, um, just so you know, that's an offensive term. And, right. you know, my name is Christoph. If you, uh, you know, refer to me as something other than my name, you can refer to me as someone with dwarfism, someone who's a dwarf, someone who's a little person, short statured. But midget has a history of being offensive yeah. and, um, you know, Very. people will, will take offense to that. And and that's that's something that, you know, I don't get upset at people that use the word midget and want to learn from it. I uh, kind of cut people out who <laughs> decide that they don't want to learn from that. You know, it's like any sort of term. There are, there are racial terms. There are, you know, sexual mm -hmm. terms. There are, there are terms that just define or they, they try to define, but in a very offensive and objective and uh, terrible way. And there really isn't place for that in the world. And so like, if, if you encounter somebody that says something like that, I think it's, it's fine to have a teachable moment. And, and, you know, um, there are people that do it much better than I do. I, I kind of, it takes a lot of confidence to do that. You got to have some guts and some, you know, some chutzpah to, to get up and, and do that stuff. But um, it's a process. And I think the more that we do that, the, you know, the more we get the word out. Yes. So, oh, go on. I, I have one final question. Uh, they won't. Uh, this is Amanda from Kansas. <laughs> Sorry, Amanda from Kansas wants to know how you got into stunt work. Um, the stunt man. Yeah, it just kind of happened because I, I really didn't want to be an actor actually. And so I, I moved to Los Angeles to, to play music, to play, to go on the road again and tour playing drums. And, um, you know, you got to make money. And a, a friend of a friend knew an agent and they called me up and they said, Hey, uh, you know, Christoph, go and see this agent. And I started to do some acting jobs you know, people see you on set and they say, Hey, you could probably do some athletic stuff. And so it just kind of happened. I've always been athletic. I've always, you know, thought that things are, um, you know, really fun to, to do and be physical. And, um, I haven't done a ton of stunt work, but I've done quite a bit. I've worked with horses. I've driven a, a, a horse carriage. I've done wire work. I've done some falls, um, dance choreography, weapons, weapon choreography, uh, combat, stuff like that. So I guess it's, I've done some stuff, but um, I don't really want to do that anymore because I have a spinal fusion for almost my entire back. I have two rods that are attached to my spine with hooks from T1 to L4. Oh my so gosh. I don't move all that much. And the wrong, 
motion can, uh, you know, be pretty bad for me. So I, I like to surf and I like to fall in water and getting, getting paid what a stunt person pay, uh, gets paid in my opinion is not worth getting uh, injured or having to spend that time and money on medical bills and healing time. So yeah, at right. 41, I'm kind of staying away. Um, I want to get in the ocean and have the ocean beat me up. Okay. So Christoph, if people are listening and they want to get to know more about you, where could they find some information about you? And of course your podcast and all your stuff. Yeah, you should get to know me. Let's do it. Um, yeah. My show is called I'm kind of a big deal and it's everywhere on uh, on the podcast platforms so please check it out new season is starting on February 15th very excited about all of that and um, yeah you can find me at uh, big deal pod on Instagram and Facebook I think it's also Twitter too big deal I gotta get better at Twitter I'm really bad at Twitter so um, but hit me up shoot me a message follow me um, listen to the show write a review. You can email me, uh, a big deal pod at gmail.com and I will respond. So yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. So ladies definitely look out for him. Yes. Because he is definitely a big deal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a, a pleasure and it's, you know, taking us on the series of February in the sense of love and he is looking for love girls. So really <laughs> check him out. Yes. Dr. Kelly, what other shows do we have coming up? <laughs> okay. So the shows that we have coming up is on February the 11th, which is next week. Um, and you had talked about Christoph about learning how to kiss. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So Molly Stewart, which I've had her on before many times, she does a great job on teaching about everything sexual. She's wow. Po- she's sex positive. So she's talking about building self-confidence and, and handles, but she even has like, I think tonight, a workshop on um, French kids. Thing. So she does these workshops on Zoom and stuff. So that's a amazing. Great yes. And then also on February 25th, we have um, a person called, Sherry Gaba, which is love addiction and codependency. So, of course, listeners, if you're listening out there, think about, again, the American Heart Association, because um, heart disease is one of the top killers uh, here in America. But think about donating that. Thank you so much, Christoph, for being on the show. This has been the Bringing Intimacy Back show. Thank you so much. Yes. Check us out on YouTube, Facebook, iTunes, and Spotify. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. April. Thank you, Dr. Kelly. This was awesome. All right, thanks.